I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Are you a reality TV junkie? Do you ever think, dang, I wish I had someone to talk to about all the trash TV that I watch? Well, look no further, garbage lover, because Reality Gaze is a podcast for you. Hello, I'm Maddie. And I'm Poodle, and we're the Reality Gaze. We talk about all your favorite unscripted shows like The Golden Bachelor, Love is Blind, and TLC's big, messy behemoth, 90 Day Fiance. And if you're driving to work, folding laundry, or just pretending to listen to your husband talk about sports, just put on the pod, and you've instantly got two gay besties spilling all the tea and reading these people for filth. So come at us, y'all. Find Reality Gaze wherever you listen to podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com Billboard Charpy Podcast, Gary Trust, Billboard Senior Director of Charts. And hey guys, it's Trevor Anderson, a chart manager here at Billboard. And this one's different because we got so many people here. We got nine people. You could feel our own baseball team here in October. So <laughs> we got uh, everybody. Uh, we're recording this in New York City on location at Grey Noise Studios with, yeah, some very special musical guests uh, taking time out from Taylor Parks's Burnout, which is a get together. For songwriters taking place in Brooklyn as we speak. So, uh, Taylor and everybody, thank you so much, first of all, for taking time yeah, to yeah. chat with us. Um, I guess we'll just go around the room because there's so many uh, people to introduce. Uh, first up, if you listen to the podcast uh, regularly, uh, you'll know these guys Dave and Yal Penn from Hit Songs Deconstructed, which tracks the compositional characteristics of Hot 100 Top 10 Hits and analyzes songwriting, production techniques. Uh, you've been on the podcast, I think. I think this is your lucky This is lucky 13. Lucky 13. Yeah. So welcome, Dave. Welcome Thank you, Gary. Thank you. All right. Uh, five musical guests. We're so excited. Why don't we just go around the room? Everybody introduce themselves. Well, I'm Tommy Brown. I produce songs and I write hits. Well, I'm Leon Thomas. Um, I like to consider myself an entertainer. You've seen me on the screen, uh, multiple TV shows and films. Uh, and I also write and produce songs with a production duo called The Rascals, and I'm one of them, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> the Rascals, baby, I mean, gang, gang. I'm missing my homie Chris Riddick Times right now, but he's in LA, getting the work in. So, we got a tip off earlier, um, one of the songs I'm working on this year has been a big hit for you, Gold Roses yeah. with Ross and Drake. Mm-hmm. We got a tip off earlier that there may be some more work with the Six Guy coming in the future. Yeah, yeah, is yeah. That, um, is, well, the thing is, you know, I'm working with Boy Wonder right now, he just stepped in on management. Uh, so, you know, shout out to Steez as well, his own partner. And uh, we just signed over with, you know, Islam Management. And 
they got us in with Drake a good bit. So that's like really cool because I'm a huge Drake fan. You know, he's also a Nick alum, you know? So like dealing with that, seeing somebody who made it out of the the muddy waters of Nickelodeon and, you know, got into like, you know, everything else is like really cool because sometimes it can get a little tough to jump out of that into, you know, the world of music people come with, you know, preconceived notions, you know? I am Taylor Parks. Um, I'm a little, I do a little bit of everything from the acting side, which is where me and Leon originally mm -hmm. met, and then to the music side, which is where we again started to grow um, yeah. together again. And just like now, I just kind of am in this world of collaboration between lots of different worlds, whether it's mental health um, and music or production and acting and, you know, just basically all over the world and like in the entertainment in general. All right, so. Yes. Uh, hi, I'm Sarah Hudson. Uh, I'm a songwriter, artist. I like to say that I'm a muse. Mm. Um, and I write songs and I have my own podcast now called Right to the Source, where we actually talk about a lot of, you know, the similar kind of thing, creative and spiritual and wellness. Um, yeah, and I'm just here to write more hits and be a light to everybody. Mm. And I'm Laura Anderson. I'm a songwriter working between Stockholm and LA mostly. And I'm kind of at the beginning stages of my career and so excited to be here with all these legendary creators. Oh, we're happy <laughs> to have you. Yeah. Thank you. So, uh, yeah, you talk about uh, legendaries, the, the word, and I'm probably going to embarrass you guys with the, the chart success you've had. But uh, Sarah, you've co-written Dark Horse for Katy Perry. Taylor, you uh, co-wrote Ariana Grande's first two Hot 100 hits, among uh, other songs you've written with BTS. Love Lies, Khalid, and Normani. Uh, just from the billboard side, what's it like as the writer, as producers, when you see songs become hits, when you see them go up the charts, is it uh, is some combination of, you know, it was all about creating the song, or is it, wow, I'm really, uh, whether it's surprised or ultimately, I'm just so appreciative that uh, songs are, are getting that reaction from people? Well, I think it's, like, for me, because, like, in regards to billboard, we have a very fresh new relationship and it happened very fast to where it was like oh there's three and then there's four at the, at the same time so but I think that I had different reasons for what I appreciated out of all those different things Panic at the Dis Disco meant something and the process behind that and the memory behind that record is completely different than what me and Tommy did with Thank You Next which was oh, there's all of these different memories attached to the, the placement so in the beginning you're thinking Okay, you want it to do well, obviously, but it's not until after that that you're like, okay, now it's done well. What are the other things that like were really exciting and separated this from the other placements for me, mm -hmm. in particular, which is the things that when I walk into a studio and I'm like, oh, I remember when I did this song here, mm -hmm. or I remember working with this artist there. Like that's more so what it's about and what also it's fun to kind of look at on Billboard and see your friends, you know, to your left and right and remember those memories, you know? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, for me, it's like, <clears throat> I always think of going into the studio and just leaving everything, you know, all the worries, all the noises just outside of the door and just creating, especially when you're creating with your friends. For instance, like, um, I have a song right now, Good Things Fall Apart. It's kind of climbing up the Billboard charts right now. An alternative, I wrote with you know, two of my best friends, Jay Hart and Jason Evigan. Mm -hmm. And we just were in a room, the three of us, we had 
the best day ever, just laughed and really like talked about, you know, our emotions, what we were going through and just wrote a song that came from our hearts, which, you know, doing this every day, we try to always have it come from the heart, but some days you're just not there and you're overthinking and mm. blah, blah, blah. So when it, when there is a day where you're like, I'm with my friends, mm-hmm. we're writing something so real. And then it, and then I, I always say like, leave the song at the studio in a way, like almost just like, okay, that came out of me. Mm-hmm. I'll go back and edit it if I have to, but like I'm moving on, you know, cause you never know the outcome of a song mm-hmm. really. But when you look and it's seeing it on the charts and doing well and you think back to the memory of like oh my god that was with friends in an amazing moment and there's nothing like that feeling when it's really comes from that organic from that place it has to start there or or else you're making music that you don't know if you actually want which also like us writers i think we've all felt that way it's like okay am i making the music that i want to make or am i making what they what I think they want me to Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. the hardest thing, too, I think, to right. balance out. You know, I was going to ask, how do you balance that? Because that's tough. It is tough. I think it's just trying to stay conscious, you know, of why we got into this in the first place, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. I, I just think back to, like, okay, well... I was in a band sleeping on a studio floor with no shower and broke and filing for bankruptcy. And then I had to cultivate that inner child somehow because I'm like, this is all I know how to do. I'm doing anything I can to fucking make art. So I still try to think of that to this day. Like, why am I doing this? You know, and the noise can get really loud and really intimidating sometimes. But that's why this camp that Taylor's doing where we're meditating we're doing sound baths, we're doing aromatherapy, things that are bringing us back to our center and our spirit. It just is like, oh yeah, I'm a creator, you know? And people like what I create because it comes from a real place and I'm channeling something real, you know? So anyway, I could talk forever, so tell me to show that. I I said something interesting about the inner child part of it all. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people get so serious and they start treating songwriting and production like a day job and it's really a passion filled, Mm -hmm. you know, career path. You know, you, you should find ways to, like, <clears throat> make it fun for yourself. It should be fun. And the second it stops being that, I think you need to start doing a lot of the work that we've been, you know, handling, you know, on this trip, just becoming self-aware mm-hmm. of where and, and really checking in with yourself. Where? Where am I? What am yeah. I feeling? What's going on? Why am I feeling this way? Maybe yes. I need to go take a walk in the park or, you know, talk to somebody I really love. You know, shout out to yeah. grandma. You know, yeah. just yeah. like yeah. whatever you need. Just like just just to ground yourself, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think that's super important. Like <clears throat> for myself, I'm a very very introverted person. So when I was younger, I, I used music to like communicate with people, mm-hmm. and that's how I spoke to people through music. Because I'm not mm-hmm. really good with new people, mm-hmm. so I try. But I think being out here really helped me get back to there as well. Because it wasn't like a forced thing. It's like yo, let's create, throw paint, and have fun. At the same time, let's meditate, which mm-hmm. is really important. I've been telling everybody about it, and everybody's like, yo, we want you to come back to L.A. We can't wait. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, good. So is this something that was never really thought about enough? And I mean, not you know, maybe from personal experience in years past, but it seems like this is more of a new movement uh, in terms of 
the wellness for creators and actually uh, fully respecting the people who, well, this is the first step of where a song comes from, are you guys, the writers and producers? You are. You can't build a song with tools that you pick up from the ground. You don't. You you. So if it's coming from this inner place, mm-hmm. if it's coming from your soul, if it's mm-hmm. coming from something much bigger than you it, that can't be recreated mm-hmm. by not taking care of your soul, mm-hmm. yeah. you're singing songs for the world. Yeah. So if and if you're not experiencing the world, then how can you make songs that are relatable? Mm-hmm. How are you going to make songs for people if you're not going through the, the things that they're going through? We all, like as songs, I think that we all can say, like, we all get our heartbroken. We mm-hmm. all get our, we all fall in love, we all fall out of love. But, mm-hmm. like, if you're not experiencing those things and you're not refilling the well, then mm-hmm. what do you have to give? Mm-hmm. Well, on that topic, um, how did this come up? What, what inspired mm-hmm. Burnout? Can you talk a little bit about that? Man, a little bit of everything inspired Burnout from my own personal experiences with literally finding out that my stress and my anxiety, something that I didn't realize, um, that I thought just stopped and disappeared after after college, was affecting my body physically. Like, I physically started to have seizures from stress. Like, I was wow. reading an email one day yeah. and seized out and woke up with my wow. friends around me. I was reading an email. <clears throat> I'm not able, I had to go through all of these different things and try to figure out, oh, well, I'm not epileptic. I'm not those things. It's not, so what is it? Mm. And when I went... They literally were like, I don't know what you're stressed out about at this age, but you had a stress-induced seizure. Wow. Mm. I lived by myself. The scariest thought is you being on your own and you not being able to wake up from something. Or you, you know what I'm saying? It's so scary. And so my own personal experience with that and realizing, this is fun for you, right? Checking in with myself. Mm -hmm. Like, so then what what are you you stressed about? Mm -hmm. How can we... Avoid doing that again because it's 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 never that serious, you know. And then also looking at my other friends' experiences with burnout, there was a point where I was like, "Yo, writing like three songs a day mm-hmm. and like just going, going, going." They know they they knew me around that time, mm-hmm. and and that wasn't the thing that was necessarily draining. It wasn't like the creating part was, but it was everything else around it and not understanding that I have to refuel, refuel, mm-hmm. like refuel because. All my friends are all going through the same things, like whether they're they're bigger than me or whether they haven't had the the successes or whatever, and they're going through it in different ways, which is why for burnout, I was like, okay, let's give people the tools and the access to it, and let's just prioritize it for them since most of us won't do it. Most of us won't do it for ourselves. So, yeah, we're not used to waking up this early or whatever, but we might have woken up this early on accident in L.A. and still just, like, sat around on the couch, maybe watching Netflix or something like that, Mm -hmm. which whatever way that is you getting back to you is that way, you know? Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of things that I think that we all tried that maybe might not necessarily be the thing for us, but now you know that it exists, and you might have found that one thing, you know, whether it's Tai Chi or whether it's aromatherapy or whether it's... Um, centering yourself in the guided meditation, mm-hmm. which Leon really enjoyed. Yeah. Like, one of these things is going to be a tool that you can use to get back to why you started this in the first place. So it's a catalyst to get everybody going. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Let's yeah. just well, go. Really cool. Let's go because yeah. everybody says they're going to do it. We all know we're supposed to do it, but how many things do you not do in life that you're supposed to do? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I've been going to the gym for three months and never went. <laughs> <laughs> Is burning a hole. <laughs> Yo, come on. I'm like, okay, tomorrow's the day. Tomorrow's the day. Y'all feel you. Y'all guilty. 
Is that pressure, is it partly self-pressure? Is it the more successful you get, your plate gets busier and you've got more to do? And is it also that a songwriter is now more of a business person overall? So there's all these things that are making, right. they're making everything busier for you. Well, I mean, you can't trust just anybody to run administration. I mean, you genuinely have to look over everybody's shoulder and make sure things are being done right home through every contract, make sure things are making sense, you know, and um, that does add a little bit of pressure to the process, but, you know, Taylor, I can say, is really, really stepped up in the world of being not just a great creative, but a really great executive, and, oh, yeah. and I watch how she expresses her ideas to people who aren't necessarily as creative as us, and it's kind of hard to break that down, you know, it's almost like we're speaking a different language, you know, and she really has a really good process of just speaking to them directly. It's crazy because you think about being a creative and being an artist, and then you think about the harsh business side of the entertainment industry, <laughs> and those two things just don't go together. You know, I mean, I think they do go together, but it's like our spirits are so fragile and sensitive, and, and I feel like we're so open to be, like, receivers that when we have to deal with the business side of things, like I feel like sometimes it can get so overwhelming and so it boggles, you know, a lot of artists and creators down and, and when you have to be creative, you know? And so, I don't know, I, we were just talking about earlier, if there was some kind of like program or something to help up and coming writers and producers, like learn about the business side of things learn to watch your back learn to look out for you you know and communicate with them the proper way because like what he said it's like a language barrier yeah. because yeah. you exactly. have you see it very much as two sides suits and creative yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. so what is the way to combine these worlds yeah. what is the way we have to have that means we have to have more suits that are actually coming back in the studio like what happened back in the day yeah. building these relationships yeah. with yeah. these people that are creating because then you also develop a sense of this is a human that this is a human that I'm about mm -hmm. to screw over. Yeah. Right. <laughs> they don't, there's no face to put to the name so yeah. it's just another contract to them and then we also have to have more creatives in the suit side. That's what we have mm. to have. That it's, there's, has to, there's some type of, there's some way that we miss the, the proper communication. And I think more creatives, like, and, and for me to step up and say, mm -hmm. look, for any other creative that has been told, stay on your creative lane for a second. Mm -hmm. That's that's wrong. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. that's wrong. Now, I'm not saying that everybody is meant to do both sides, mm -hmm. but I'm saying that it's necessary for, if you are to do it, to step up. If you are mm -hmm. meant to do that, step up. It's so necessary to yeah. bridge right. the gap. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. You can't have somebody, Joe, that worked at a car wash, expect to understand what we go through with as creatives do. Well, and the crazy thing is, Joe at the car wash is telling us what song, what like songwriting is, and what songs exactly. are that. We go school for music. Well, which like, boggles, you know which boggles my mind on the daily. Yo, I don't like, know what? if that boggles y'all. Yeah, it, it, it definitely, definitely, yeah. definitely boggles you. Like, so you mean to tell me, Joe? You just spend your entire life, and I'm not saying that what your job before that is gives you, but I mean, any other job, you would have to have some type of degree. That's you have to have some type yeah. of experience. Mm -hmm. Just right. some type of experience. So tell me why, like, if you became a publisher, and like, what is your experience in music? Mm -hmm. Right. You know, and sometimes those, like, sometimes just great fans of music make great publishers, but mm -hmm. they, they at least know, they're self aware enough to know. But they right. don't understand the nitty gritty, though. 
Exactly. But have you actively been like trying to understand more about the business side of things so you can step over to like the suit lane and speak that language? I mean, yeah, I think you learn as you as you grow in the business anyway, whether you like it or not. It's like you're gonna get screwed over you're yeah. gonna sign a bad deal you're gonna go through some things you know freaky not everybody but a lot of us you know you because in the beginning you're like whatever it takes whatever it takes yeah. and then you learn as you go yeah. and then it's like anything in life you learn and then you make better choices you know but exactly. i know you know for taylor doing this camp it's like normally labels put on camps or publishers put on camps which are which is dope but it's like we're they were grinded in those camps like every morning i was saying earlier mm. like wake up coffee right mm. go to bed wake up coffee right go to bed you know yeah. and we yeah. you burn out so i think for her to step in this position and and put on this camp and say i know what it's like to be a creator mm. and we need to nurture our spirits and our hearts mm. and then we can create i mean yeah. that's you know, that's what it's about. And you get a better sewing process. Exactly. And, and exactly. that's what it's all about. And you have more fun. You always goes to sewing. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Thought I'd end up with Sean, but it wasn't a match. Wrote some songs about Ricky. Now I listen and laugh. Building on that, then um, you were talking about the camps that you know the labels put on, etc. So, if we flip it, um, how do you feel that the industry could be more supportive of the songwriters and producers? Hey. <laughs> I was basically saying this, like, look, like, going to, I was talking with Ali Tamposi this morning, and, like, one of my, like, favorite, like, things that I've ever heard in my life is everybody's going to get used in life. You're either useless or useful. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. a very dark way to think about it, right? But it's just, I'm one of those people that she says, like, I'm very practical and also very creative. I've managed myself my entire career mm-hmm. down here mm-hmm. and so I have to have okay this is the creative side of me is saying yeah. mm-hmm. and this is what the other side of me is saying so mm-hmm. like if they just had more creatives mm-hmm. in the positions to yeah. say hey guys do you know what's going on in the studio today this is a problem for the writer and the way that you guys did the pairings together on mm-hmm. working mm-hmm. hey maybe if you had a songwriter put on the camp with you yeah. you would understand because these song, you're trying to recreate a formula right by putting the same people in the room without yeah. knowing why the formula worked mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you're trying to you Very can't well bake said. a cake you can't but there's a million different types of things that could come out and you and it's just because you have the same ingredients it could be a little bit too much of something and it won't work it just won't work if you mm-hmm. don't know what makes it work and what made it taste good and what made it it's impossible to recreate it yeah mm-hmm. yeah now when you when you mentioned about having more creators in the in the, the c-suites of a lot of these places 
Obviously, that includes, we've seen this with artists. I think that's been the past couple of years a movement towards artists who need more time, who are burning out. We've seen publicly, you know, Demi Novato or Selena Gomez who need a break. Mm. Do you think there's still a hierarchy, like, where songwriters are still at the lowest, even on the creative totem pole, are still seen as very close to the bottom or bottom? Oh, com completely. Completely. And then, you know, you'll have the people that feel like they're even beneath us. You know, there's it's yeah. always perspective and all mm -hmm. that. But definitely there mm. is a there's something there's some kind of thing that just happens that it doesn't trickle down. Mm. The respect doesn't trickle down even outside of the money. It's like, wait a minute. What are the songs? What are the lyrics that you're singing to? Are you selling right. beats here? Are you selling? Are you able to like? We're not. How are you not respecting the thing that's making you a lot of money? And the craziest, yeah. the craziest thing to me always is, without the song, what? There's nothing on the radio. There's no Grammys to be won. There's nothing for the artists to yeah. sing, unless they write their own songs. But but without the song, there's nothing. Yes. Yeah. So, but mm. but we're treated. We are still at the bottom of the totem pole, and you're right, it's all about perspective. We are grateful to be where we are and making music in, the, in these positions, but there definitely has to be some things that change as far as songwriter rights and, you know, yeah. and just laws. recognition overall. Recognition, yes. yeah. I mean, recognition, like understanding that every single time we go to the studio, it costs us money. Mm -hmm. It costs us gas. It costs us. It's not like we're gonna have us at the studio for twelve hours. It's no going back home to cook a meal for yourself. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. So you order in, yeah. And then all of these things you're doing that every single day. Yeah. Do you know how much it costs you to go to work? Yeah. yeah. Who else does it cost to go to work? Here? And we don't True. get paid unless the song is actually True. cut. Right. And we don't really get paid unless the song's a hit as well. <laughs> so it's like. You know, I mean, it is a labor of love, obviously, but there nobody needs... else will show up to work for and, and pay to go to work. Yeah, there I'm needs sorry. to be things implemented. I think somewhere the communication, like I'm a person who believes in God, so God to me created everything. So He's hanging in heaven with the good people. We're creators of one of the most powerful things in the world, music. And they put us in these situations where we're with everybody and everything, and I don't think that's necessarily what we should be doing. Mm -hmm. And they they figured out a way to put themselves into positions to kind of control the creators. Oh no, we're not exactly. using that. We're going to do this. Mm -hmm. And now, like the conversations on the music get yep, it's controlled mm -hmm. by the same levels and the same publishers who are all the most powerful. And it's all, but and it's not even to say that. Publishers are bad, or labels are bad, no. or because right. you have a lot of great publishers, you have a lot of great people within these companies, you know, as well. And we but need we, them. And we need yeah. them. Yeah. So what we're saying is, the same way that we can respect, you know, and understand what you bring to the table, understand what we bring to the table. Because we know we ain't going to go out and go collect our and say, we don't know how to fuck to collect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We don't know any of that type of shit. So Which yes. is insane. Yes, yes, very necessary. <laughs> like, in any other, in any other job, it's like, oh, one day I'll get paid. I don't know how. I'll see yeah. it one day. And it's like, what the hell? Literally, yeah. somebody, I mean, it's insane. Talk, say this to somebody who goes to a nine to five and literally say, well, maybe I might or might not get paid for these hours that I'm putting in. I might, maybe. 
Nobody, I can't think of a job that does it outside of uh, any type of artist, you know, and that goes beyond songwriters and, and you know, that's producers. You wouldn't stay in that job in the first place. Right. You wouldn't have showed up for the job. Right. right. If they told you, hey, we're going to work oh, well, for free. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. Check your mailbox today. Yeah. Oh, by the way, it's not 9 to 5. It's 24-7. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, exactly. But that's the curse. And you pay your own way. You love it so much that you keep doing it. It's the labor of love. And it's also, I loved in that little workshop we had on like the second day, the distinction between job career vocation and what was the course hobby and hobby reassessing that like what is it and reminding yourself if it's vocation that's why you do it yeah it's so calling the only reason why you do it how do you keep that labor of without losing your whole perspective on why you started doing this in the first place. Well, I mean, this is back to the whole inner child uh, aspect yeah, exactly. of it all. Yeah. Like, some of my favorite creatives, I mean, being in the studio with Timbaland, mm-hmm. even with Scott Storch, we're getting an idea going, and they turn into teenagers. Okay. Like, immediately yeah. When, yeah. when a beat's hot or when you're playing a melody that they like, yeah. you see the smile, you see the Timbaland might even jump up and down. Like, yeah, that's, yeah. you know? And it's like... That physical aspect of it, that yeah. that ability to kind of like not have to be so cool and mm. the, the OG or the Mr. Miyagi in the situation <laughs> right, and right. just kind of like allow yourself to even just still be a student of the game mm. yeah. 20 years in, cool. platinum records, Grammys done. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's, it's that. I always like to say too, like I do a lot of sort of panels and talks for, you know, I'm on the Grammy LA chapter board and we do, you know, talks for the... Grammy University and stuff like that and I always like to say like find something creative and that ties into this camp so amazingly find something creative outside of your job yes and do it as much as you can whether it's painting horseback Mm -hmm. riding whatever playing with your dogs like reading books whatever it is just because we do this 24-7, so our life is our job. Yes. So if we can learn to separate that in even just a tiny way and go, hey, I can find happiness outside of, yeah. outside yeah. of like other things to a talk hit. About. Exactly. To mm. You're right. Yeah. Be able to You're meet right. a stranger and have a conversation about the things that, about you, how different your world is and also know. Like, and it's just curiosity and knowing mm. something that and not being so, so, so centered and being like, okay. How can I get outside of myself? Like, yes. I'm happy. I, yeah. like you, you, you're very similar to me in this way. Like, we've had careers since we were like nine years old, mm-hmm. ten years old, eleven years old. I literally was like 21 and was like, wow, okay, here we are. Like, who, am yeah. right. who am I? Who am I? I know what I do. Right. I know what I do. Right. But who am I? Mm-hmm. And it's finding those hobbies. Yeah. What do I enjoy outside of work? And because it, this is something that is a labor of love, because we love it so much, mm-hmm. I don't think any of us could see ourselves doing anything other than music. So yeah. even yeah. if it was, and people play on that, they like, you're going to write the song in the way. Yeah. So <laughs> it's like, we just love it too much. We right. just love it too much yeah. not to wake up and write a song. That's a great point. I think it, it gets to the, 
to the heart of, of burnout, of mm -hmm. th that sort of danger when your one true passion in life is that all-consuming that you, mm. like, I think, I, I love music, I love charts, but mm -hmm. I also love sports, and I also right. think, yeah. you know, if I worked in sports, maybe I'd burn out on that, and I wouldn't have that outlook. Mm -hmm. So that seems like a really important point, that yeah. you do need something completely away from For me, I got creative ADD, man, so I'm out here, like, right. doing a film yes. for, like, three months, you know what I'm saying, in Detroit or Boston, and then I'm coming I'm back saying. to the studio. I'm like doing a play, and then I'm yeah. coming back to do. So it's like I, I like literally have to kind of have that break sometimes from just writing songs for people all the time and producing because mm -hmm. I don't even know how y'all do it all year long because it's it's like to me very taxing and yeah. the ability to empathize to put yourself in somebody else's shoes and be them and even experience their trauma yeah. again over and over you know so let's write a sad funny. song let's write a sad song it's like hold up we yeah. wrote this 17 sad song yeah. 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 yeah, now I'm sad. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Because it is, it's your job to basically empathize so much to where, like I was saying this the other day, like, girl, if you happy, I'm happy. If you sad, right. I'm depressed. Right. Like, <laughs> like, it's, it, yeah. it goes, because that's literally, it's one of the most selfless jobs, yeah. in my opinion. Because so it's being a psychiatrist. Literally, literally, except yeah. not getting paid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why one of my things I like to say is that I'm a muse <coughs> and I feel like mm -hmm. we all are muses and I, I feel like I had to get to a point in my career where I, I had to accept that because it was weighing on me so much going in and, you know, taking other people's emotions in and we're all empaths and we're, you know, it's so draining. And then when I was like, you know, God, this job is so selfless in a way. And yes. being a muse is mm. like, you got to go in and be that light for people and be like, let me work for you. Let's yes. do this together. Do? Like, how can I, my experience, help your experience? And, you mm. know, I think when you realize that, it's easier to sort of accept and like protect your energy in a way. But yeah. I don't know. It's mm. intense. So how, how do you feel that the role of the songwriter has changed over the years? Ooh. Well, I think when the role of the A&R changed, the role of the songwriter changed. Mm -hmm. I think that you used to have A&R and, and things like that who actually were in the room and not just to say they were in the room. It was actually curating. This is, you're curating the yeah. sound like yeah. you're actually in. Like, I think that, that that role changed and yeah. then now the songwriters are damn near A&R. Mm -hmm. Now, I, mm -hmm. it's the songwriters alone pulling the best and the producers Mm -hmm. um, as well are pulling the best out of this artist they're doing what some of the greatest A&R's like that we can go back to and they become mm -hmm. like executives now mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying really truly did and now yeah. it's like you know you, you're being the best friend and you're being the you know as the songwriters and producers because also we also have to understand that songwriters I mean singers back in the day when they were having songwriters right they most of the times didn't even meet the people Right. Mm -hmm. it's so even the mm -hmm. process yeah. between the history, yeah. uh, they didn't even know who wrote their songs. Mm -hmm. So now these artists have smartened up to the point where they're like, well, shoot, if, uh, let me um, see who's writing this stuff. And maybe they'll actually be more keen to give me those hit songs. And maybe right. they'll be able to understand it. I think that everybody's just everybody just learned a little bit more about the job. And so kind of the, the veil was pulled back, mm -hmm. you know, because I don't think some songwriters back in the day, like they were getting some some type of credit but it wasn't it yeah. was going through a label and then it was coming to you after they decided what artists mm -hmm. were going to do it was crazy you said like the ones 
the Anars that we kind of look up to, they were creatives. Yeah, like, exactly. When you look up the, like, like yeah, Quincy Jones. Yes, Jimmy Ivey. Yeah, these people are producers, songwriters, yeah. work their way up through that's yeah. the exact Motown yeah. system. The or whatnot. Yeah, you have great ear, and there's a reason why you're in the studio. And when you show up to the, now, when ARs come into the studio, it's like, what are you doing here? Yeah. Is because the songwriter is now more fulfilling that role of the A&R because you're working with directly with the artist and helping shape what they're doing. Exactly. Is that creating more conflict now with the A&Rs who aren't in that space? It depends on the communication. Again, mm-hmm. like for instance, when I go in with an artist who's taken years to do an album and we get it done like that, yeah. those A&Rs, you can guarantee that they're happy. They're like, yeah. I you know, they're like, they, I don't think that they care how it gets done. They just yeah. care that it gets done. And mm-hmm. as the, the business mind, let's switch over. I don't care how it gets done. I just want it to get done. Now, once your ego starts going into it, now that's not what's doing what's best for the song. And unfortunately, that's the main problem. Is it's a lot yeah. of people battling with their egos mm-hmm. and with, and that's what's mm-hmm. really, really overcome like the music industry. Yeah. Plus, I feel like people are afraid now to cure, to take a while to curate, to put together a team, to make a curated that's record, to make these like art pieces that we mm-hmm. used to have. And now it's very quick. It's like, oh, they have a hit song? I need that. Oh, this person? Uh, uh. You know, it doesn't feel like this curated world. Yes. Mm. Taking the time. used to take years. Like, they, they get signed maybe a year or two before they put out yeah. their first album. And the development. And actually, yeah. yeah. I remember, like, when records had, like, themes or like oh. a, yes. you know like an yes. arc and like a yes. ballad and like you know what I mean like yes. it's just a not album. yeah well, it's, well, I mean we're in a single bass industry right yeah now. exactly it's, it's, it's just how we consume music is, 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 it has changed has so we changed. have to kind of put that into yeah. conversation yeah, yeah. no it's Definitely. so true so how do you bring it back I don't think it comes back. I, I think, think it evolves. I think it evolves. <laughs> I think it evolves. Yeah, it evolves. That's what it's so it has to. It has to reach some kind of breaking point. Right. Yes. Yeah. Where it has to. You have to have a pivotal shift. And that's right. what we so are right now. Are we, and that's what I was going to yes. say. Are we at that point now? Like, yeah. I still think there's, there's yeah, like, art oh, yeah. pieces. Like, if you go and see, like, a Kendrick Lamar, yeah. Oh, people, yeah. Yeah. they definitely do art pieces. Sure. Totally. But a lot of people don't know how to do it. Yes, that's mm-hmm. true. Totally. And they're also not risky, like what she said. Exactly. Like, most artists, well, and every, when, once one artist does it, then all the rest of them follow. Also, right. like what she was saying. So, mm-hmm. you have too many artists who are so afraid and so afraid and don't yeah. have the proper team around them to help mm-hmm. them kind of say, look, look, you got to just go because the moment that you see a Frank Ocean drop in a, Oh, a yeah. crazy little thing or the moment that you see you know mm-hmm. Drake do something cool or interesting yeah. um, everybody wants to follow when, when it's like they the only difference that they did was take a bet on themselves look at the yeah. most amazing yeah. example right now in my opinion Billie Eilish mm-hmm. yes I'm that bad type make your mama sad type make your girlfriend mad type might seduce your dad type wrote yeah. an entire record with her brother her and her brother curating the sound curating the doesn't matter about radio didn't think about any of the bullshit and boom it's the biggest thing in the world and now everybody's copying all of you and now everybody wants that but she or she just took that risk and she's like this is me and made a Peace. Yes, you gotta and risk it. You but gotta even think it. about the song, you know, mm-hmm. Bad Guy, for example, mm-hmm. where the first three quarters of it is like this dance, electro pop, old indie kind of thing, mm-hmm. and then three quarters of the way in it hits the, the outro, yes, and then it switches to 60 beats per minute as opposed to 135, yes. and now you have heavy plotting trap. And it's, it's like you don't such, see such 
crazy shifts. And yeah. she took this big, and Phineas also, not to go too much yes, off on, of you know, with Bad Guy, but, you know, he's recording sounds in Australia of like a walking signal yes. that he's oh. using as percussion. Becoming the child yeah. again. And yeah. really Becoming creating this authentic kind of sound yeah. within a familiar hit song framework, mm-hmm. kind of. Yes. You know what I mean? And look at that. And, and it proves that you can have that kind of success. Yeah. You, you really can. Like, but you got to take mama those risks. I heard Billie Eilish on like uh, 102.7. She was like, I thought I changed the radio station. Yeah. And I'm like, that, uh, she was like, I thought I was on alternate. Nothing. Like, I was yeah. like, this is hilarious. But even more so is the thing that, wow, you are shifting radio and you're doing it your way. Yeah. yeah. That is what the whole thing is about is you literally believe in yourself so much and you believe that you have something that's meant to say and this is the way that you would say it. Yeah. That yeah. you believe in it enough to say, I see what's going on to my left and my right. Yeah. But it doesn't matter because I'm here. I'm here with it. You know? Mm-hmm. And I, I think those moments in music are so exciting for us. Yes. Because it's like, oh, wait, we can take risks yeah. too. Mm-hmm. We can, you know, push artists we work with to do something a little different or, I don't know, it opens up the whole playing field. Yes. And it's exciting. Mm-hmm. Completely. As, as songwriters, obviously, you're there for the beginning of the song. Mm-hmm. You all created. But now there's so many people, you know, so many hands in the pot between uh, if you don't produce it yourself or the engineer or the record executive. At what point do you, do you leave the song? Are you with it throughout the whole process? Are you there... You know, sometimes when it's recorded, sometimes, or do you just hand it off and sometimes you just wait six months and, oh, there it is on the radio. Wow, I didn't know. Yeah, every different. song, every song is different. You can have a situation like, like I mean, we've all like worked in, in different capacities. We got different cuts. So like, me and you, I feel like it was like one week of just boom boom. It was getting mixed that week, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? With you, we've had stuff stuff mm-hmm. that's taken maybe like a little longer or yeah. whatever. But mm-hmm. it, and we work on also completely different artists because it exactly. also depends on their rollout. And mm-hmm. is this type of artist the one to do a singles based game, or is this a you know, is this somebody who is taking their time and really building out because it's up to them. And also things come up when you're when an artist picks a release date mm-hmm. and when they're trying to place a song or whatever. So there is no right or wrong, or wrong way to do it, which is also makes it exciting and fun. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like there's always an opportunity to do something different. That's the most exciting part about the music industry right now yeah. is because now people are like, well... Might as well just make up our own rules. Like, <laughs> so seriously, you have creative, you have creative publishing contracts being done. You have creative labels. You have creative, like, just they're they're noticing that they have to do music that is of today. Like, they have to do music business of today. You know what I'm saying? So placing a song is very interesting in in today's day and age because you might just text it to the uh, versus saying if your label doesn't like it, it's just not gonna happen. Back in the day, I would text this song to the person and see if they like it and give them an opportunity or the label is saying that they like it how many times have you said have you asked us artists about a song because their label said they like it and they're like I haven't even heard it exactly. I literally just talked to the artist Same. like, and that's what Same. I'm talking about you know it, it, it just comes to genuinely having a relationship with the people that you're yeah. that you're mm-hmm. working with and a lot of the plays that have been happening for me <laughs> in the last two years have all happened in iMessage you know what I'm saying oh, like yes. straight boom boom yeah. Yeah. let's listen to boom. it on the iPhone if it can't work on the iPhone it's probably not gonna work anyway so exactly. you know like, and also I think yeah. as as what we do there's there's like a no fear thing like for me I'm like I have this person's number we're friends we're texting it if you don't text me back 
fun. Yeah. I don't care. Mm-hmm. At least I took the initiative to say, hey, listen to this. And sometimes they do listen and they write back and they're like, oh, I like this. Change this. Blah, 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 blah. You know, and and I don't know. I think it's all about the personal relationship for us. Mm-hmm. We can't rely on anybody else, really. No, no, no. A songwriter, they may go in and write the song and it was done there. Yeah. But... They may sometimes like, hey, yo, we should change this, and Taylor might pull back up and, and change what it is. But being a, a actual true producer versus like a beat maker, mm-hmm. it's a different process. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I take the approach of like the Quincy's and different things. Quincy didn't play every instrument or do every drum on a track. You go and you produce the song to give the song the best mm-hmm. chance that it has. So I may go get violins from Brooklyn and, and a drummer from LA. But that's how a lot of times a lot of hands get in the pot when you're looking at it from a producer's mm-hmm. standpoint. Yeah, you know, that's real. That's yeah, because you, as just solely a songwriter, for me, I go in, do what I do, and then energetically, I leave the song. Yeah, they have and I'm, to stay with it. I'm like, I gotta go because if I get too attached to it, I'll mm. be heartbroken if yeah. this doesn't happen or that, or, you know? Mm. But, but Tommy and people, you know, producers, they have to build it up for however <laughs> long months yeah. sometimes right. years yeah. sometimes. then they, they go back and like have to also approve the mix and the yeah. master yeah, yeah. And, the, and we can pop back in time to time and go oh change that change this but you know mm-hmm. it just depends and every and everybody again like every songwriter is like different there's some songwriters who are producing there's some yeah. songwriters yeah. who have a lot more say in the, or there's some producers who actually mix their own stuff yeah. versus sending it out and that's right. it everybody but again that's what makes this exciting and an opportunity for great collaboration I want it I got it I want it To that point, Taylor, I feel like one of the more interesting stories the last year was when Thank You Next came out so quickly with yes. Sweetener, it was suddenly, oh, there's another mm. album. And it felt so it felt so organic to the artist that <clears throat> Ariana had so much more to say. You guys had more to say that, uh, yeah, she's probably supposed to wait two years for another album, but let's just put this out now. Mm. Did it feel to you that, yeah, we're kind of doing something different, but the art demands it? Yes, we I, we knew that we were doing something different. And I think that that's what made us exciting because mm-hmm. if you know me, you know I'm always trying to push the boundary. Mm-hmm. And so when I have like-minded creatives that are always that are also like, mm-hmm. let's go, let's go, let's do something different. Mm-hmm. And then we have some of our biggest successes <clears throat> because of it. It only goes back to saying exactly what everybody on this couch is saying: like, be fearless, mm-hmm. be a kid, and be don't break the rules. Like if that's what's necessary, because you never know. You literally could change your life. By just doing that, just yeah. by believing, it's different, you know. And she, she would have been in a, she wouldn't have related to the songs if she was over it, you know. If you took too long to do it, it would have been a completely different thing. And mm-hmm. right now, what a hit song is is relatable. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing that we know for sure about a hit song. Mm-hmm. We don't know exactly. what it sounds like. All that we know is a hit song is relatable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it was crazy. Like even the process of doing that was like crazy. Like I literally texted her. Uh, I text Ariana. Was like. Hey, the next stuff that you do is going to be the biggest stuff. She's like, why? I was like, I just had a feeling. She's like, all right, let's get together in like two weeks and just go in the studio. And it was funny. I was in the studio with another artist and I called Taylor. I was like, man, I got to see what Taylor's doing. I'm like, yo, what you doing? I feel like it was like two days later. Like, what you doing in two days? She's like, I'll be in New York. I'm like, well, we're going to be in New York. You think you got some time to come past? And then like one week, we did like half of that record. And mm-hmm. one week, all of the songs. Mm-hmm. That's like a 
crazy. God. And I think also like running with the creativity, we can sometimes overthink it in a room. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes the artists can also overthink, mm -hmm. you know, and they overthink mm -hmm. like what they feel like a song yeah. is. And so and it's not even that, you know, we're just so fast or anything like that. It's just that yeah. we were working with people who happen to be on the same page yeah. and mm -hmm. then working with a, a label that believed in the vision mm -hmm. and they saw that this is just something that is natural and a publishing company that also yeah. had to, mm -hmm. you know, it was all of those people having to all, all be fearless enough to It's all about the, the connection in the end. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody yeah. being on the same page. Yes. Yeah. That's why I like this yeah. camp because it, like, forces you to get out of your comfort zone mm -hmm. with people like me. Mm -hmm. I'm a, I'll sit in the room by myself kind of person. Mm -hmm. But, like, Yo, we gotta go here and do these exercises, these breathing exercises. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, sir. <laughs> yeah. 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 I knew this something. I was like, okay, I'm inviting some friends. It's gonna be a little too cool for school. But, yeah. <laughs> but, but literally, the fact that everybody has been so open minded yeah. about everything and me knowing. That these two in particular have very like th those type of personality where I'm like I'm talking to everybody well what's good just hype <laughs> you know the fact that you guys were so like open to experiencing that thing and the fact that it also affected you in a positive way like that's just something I'm gonna remember for the rest of my life and I'm super happy that you're telling your your friends and your producers and stuff about it back mm -hmm. at home because mm -hmm. that is really the point of it so that looking back you know looking 20 years from now this is the new normal. Everybody's doing I know that people We were talking about it In the car We were like We know that people Are going to copy this But actually for once For one of the few times This is actually something I want That's you to okay copy, to copy. Okay. Yeah. It's, yeah. Good. it's good for the creative yeah. We don't have enough yeah. things That are good totally. for the creative Yeah we know Today's the last day Of burnout right So what if each of you Like one thing That you really Took away from This experience Like something that Really made a difference In your lives um, I think when I go back, I want to, which I always say I want to do, but I don't. I think at least once a week, taking a day to just dedicate, dedicating to me mm -hmm. and yeah. go spend time Love that. to okay. do that. Wow. That's that Rihanna P personal day. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's just really important to have that. I mean, uh, I, th I think for me. I use this app called Headspace to mm -hmm. meditate. Oh, me too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's very easy to use, user-friendly. Mm -hmm. um, but I think I kind of want to step away from the app a little bit. I mean, you know, no hate to Headspace, but, uh, you know, seeing what it was like with this guided, you know, meditation, I feel like it'd be really awesome to kind of just maybe go out to a park and, mm -hmm. and just really check in with myself one time, mm -hmm. touching with nature. And I know that sounds like I'm like, you know, extra, you know, hippie-ish right now, but I, no. I think that's no. really like... That's really, to me, something that I think so, I'm going to work into my personal day that I already take because, you know, it's just important yeah. to have, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think that the, the, that was the whole point of burnout yeah. is not to say, like, you know, uh, we're all turning to hippie. It's just say balance. Balance, balance it out. We still like to party. We still like to do those things or whatever, whatever your thing is. Mm -hmm. But balance is like the key to everything. So the one thing that I'm like is I really got to experience even more ways than I than I than I did before on how I can 
keep my stress and keep keep having fun with this. Like whether mm. I really like the aromatherapy one, so yeah. I was like, because you, I always I have like diffusers in in, in each room in my in my crib, mm. and literally I'm like, you you don't realize how all of these things and the mindfulness too, and just closing my eyes and seeing what I hear. You mm. it's you'd be surprised on like the people who do the music listen the least. Mm. Yeah, so you gotta yeah. you go back to the basics. Listen mm. to the conversations that you have yeah. because music mm. starts before you go into the studio. Mm. Music mm. starts in the conversations you have. Exactly. Music starts in the people that you mm. meet. It that's where the music starts. So yeah. if you're not doing that, what do you have to say? What you gotta that's say? Right. So yeah. I love I love learning all these things about just like mm. controlling the vibe with mm. the colors mm. and the. Mm. I think for me, um, two things. I mean, meditation's a big part of my life anyway, um, but definitely, you know, stepping it up, reminding myself to keep it a practice. And I love the Tai Chi. Definitely oh. want to get into some Tai Chi. Yeah. Love that. Okay. Shaking the arm. <laughs> this is like my Tai Chi part of me. I know, we were going back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> Um, definitely that and then also for me you know I get really like in my bubble at home and with the writers I love and my friends and in this bubble which is great and super dope but you know being here is a lot of new people that I've never met and never worked with and you know like for instance yesterday I worked with a new writer and I'm always a bit apprehensive at first just because I, you know, you have to open up your totally whole world. So it's like, oh, it's easy if it's your homie, <laughs> yeah. you know? But yeah. I loved writing with this writer yesterday and I was like, oh, I love this. New energy, new people, new friends, you know? And I think sometimes when you have success, it's easy to be like, oh, let's stay in my bubble. This works, mm. nothing, you know? So, yeah, I think just opening up myself to newer faces, newer artists, newer writers, and I think that's something I definitely take away from this. And I'm just thinking of something we talked about also in the car on the way over, but we've had some pretty early mornings, like getting up at 8.30, a little bit earlier than usual. I know it's not early for most. And, um... 8.30 is crazy. I'll take that. we've been with our time because we go straight to breakfast to the activities to the sessions yeah. and I think about how much empty time I have in any given day and most people must also have when they're on their phones or just kind of zoning out mm. or watching a show sometimes that's needed but if you can take that time and use it for one of the activities we learn like mm-hmm. that's so much more beneficial yeah don't have to be the whole day but you know that when you step into that studio <coughs> that you won't get a chance to do it after you're gonna right. be locked mm. in there and nor should you cut off the creative juices but take care of yourself before you go to the studio yeah, yeah. I feel like this is something everyone listening can take in their own life. Yeah, you know, what their own schedule. Ain't it funny how much like longer the day seems when you yes. get up? Yes. How much more? And I don't mean longer, like as it drags off, but how much more time you feel like you have to do everything? Yes. Yes. You get up at noon, you already feel like you're, you know, know. the half the day's gone. Right, right. Behind, especially like, in LA. You know, yeah. what I mean, chilling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People are like, I need more hours in the day. It's like wake up earlier. I know. Yeah. Yeah. That's so exactly. it. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much. Can we have you back for more to get into uh, the actual art and craft of songwriting? Because yes. there's no one better to learn this from than you guys who are totally dominating the charts. And just thank you so much uh, for these insights. So we'll see you in part two. Yeah, yeah thank right. you. Thank you cool. so much, guys. Yeah. Well, I need to like, move around. I'm too hyper. <laughs>
ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Are you a reality TV junkie? Do you ever think, dang, I wish I had someone to talk to about all the trash TV that I watch? Well, look no further, garbage lover, because Reality Gaze is a podcast for you. Hello, I'm Maddie. And I'm Poodle, and we're the Reality Gaze. We talk about all your favorite unscripted shows like The Golden Bachelor, Love is Blind, and TLC's big, messy behemoth, 90 Day Fiance. And if you're driving to work, folding laundry, or just pretending to listen to your husband talk about sports, just put on the pod, and you've instantly got two gay besties spilling all the tea and reading these people for filth. So come at us, y'all. Find Reality Gaze wherever you listen to podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.